Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. I am your host. Um, It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've been on the podcast. I unintentionally took a mm, three month hiatus from the podcast. And I didn't mean to, I just, uh, life got busy and it kind of got away from me and it wasn't, um, my focus there for a little bit. And then the holidays came up and all these things. And it just, life just got busy. And that's just exactly what happened. I don't really have any other excuse. I have no excuse other than it just, yeah, um, time just went by. So I unintentionally took a bit of a hiatus from the podcast there for a little while, but we are back. It is a new year. It is January, 2023 when I am recording this and I am feeling jazzed up. I'm feeling jazzed up about the prospect of the new year and goals and everything like that, that, um, I thought that I would share in this podcast, some things to help you with your goals for this year. And I put together a list and I put it on Instagram and I thought today I would take that list and let's go like in depth with it. Um, and talk about like the best advice and tips that I can give to you in 2023 for how to achieve your goals and the best advice on how to cut through the BS and everything like that. So you know what is actually important to focus on for your goals and what is not important as well as just in general, how to set goals for yourself and everything for this year and, and any time really coming up, not just necessarily this year. Let's get into it. The 20 best tips that I can give you for your health and fitness and weight loss goals for 2023. So number one, I never know how to start these. I don't know, like, do you start at 20 and work your way down to one or do you start at one and work your way chronologically up to 20? I'm going to go with that one just because it just feels like that's the way to go. So we're going to start with tip number one. Tip number one for you is you're likely overestimating what you can do in four weeks, but you're underestimating what you can do in a year. A lot of times when we're setting up goals for ourselves, we want to achieve them as quickly as possible. So you're thinking to yourself, like, I want to lose 10 pounds in four weeks. I'm going to change everything about my diet. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to stop drinking pop and all these things. And you're setting yourself up on this huge expectation of what you're going to achieve in four weeks. Now, it's not that you can't achieve a lot of great things in four weeks. You really can. You can achieve really great things. However, though, A lot of times we set ourselves up for failure by adding too much pressure on ourselves to achieve a dozen things in four weeks instead of focusing on one thing. 
you try to achieve too many things in a short amount of time, you're going to feel overwhelmed and it's going to lead to the likelihood of you not achieving any of those goals. Whereas, whereas if you focus on one or two small things that you can achieve in four weeks, you're much more likely to achieve those and stick with them. And it'll help increase your self-confidence going forward. On the flip side, a lot of people underestimate what they can do in a year. They think that a year is such a long time. It's such a long time. You can't even imagine where you're going to be in a year. But you're not really, you're underestimating what a lot of consistency and a lot of patience and a lot of work can add up to in one year. Like you can do amazing things for your health and fitness and wellness and weight loss in a year that you're totally underestimating it. So when you're setting yourself goals for yourself, try to think about one or two small things that you can do in the short term, like the next four weeks, eight weeks, and then try to set yourself some bigger goals that you can take steps towards in the interim to achieve in a year. Tip number two, you don't have to have a weight loss goal. You don't. You don't need to have a weight loss goal to want to work on your health and fitness and wellness. In fact, I would maybe recommend starting without a weight loss goal. And what I mean by weight loss goal is having a number in mind. Like I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to lose 40 pounds. I want to weigh 120 pounds again, etc. Having a weight loss goal for some people can be really motivating. And for other people, it can be really daunting and scary. And it can turn them in the wrong direction in that they start focusing too much on the numbers and not enough on the journey itself and having long lasting results. You get too caught up in the numbers and you're all worried about, I need to lose weight. I need to lower that number on the scale. I need to change that number on the scale that you're not really thinking about how can I sustain this uh, new lifestyle? How can I change my habits for the better? And you're not really focusing on any of that stuff because you're so worried about the scale. So that's where you don't have to have a weight loss goal. In all, Alternatively, you don't have to have a weight loss goal to start a journey. You don't have to have a weight loss goal to start a health and fitness journey. You don't need to be focusing on losing weight to work out and to be healthier and to eat healthier and to start better habits. You don't need to have a weight loss goal to do any of that. All of those habits and things that you can achieve that I just mentioned are great things to work on that aren't weight loss related. So if you don't have a weight loss goal in mind or you're tempted to have a number in mind, try to think of some other goals to work, work towards that have nothing to do with weight loss. Number three, focus on consistency instead of perfection, because even imperfect consistency for a long time is a lot better than being perfect inconsistently. So what I mean by that is a lot of people have this all or nothing mentality. They feel like in order to achieve their goals, whether they're weight loss goals or whatever, that they have to be absolutely dynamite perfect. If I screw up in any way, shape or form, I am a failure and I might as well not even try. And that is so many people's mentality and it doesn't make any fucking sense. I would so much rather my clients focus on being consistent even if it's not perfect, because being consistent adds up over time versus being perfect, but only being able to be perfect for a short period of time is not going to get you anywhere. So focus instead on being consistent. You don't have to be perfect to achieve your goals. You don't have to be perfect with your nutrition. You don't have to hit every single workout all the time 
to get good results. You can be a little bit imperfect, but you can still be consistent showing up week over week, month over month, year over year, and you'll achieve your goals and stick to those goals a lot better than if you're trying to be absolutely fucking perfect all the time because it doesn't work. Tip number four, you need to get your sleep in order because it matters so much more than what you think for your goals. A lot of people really discount the importance of sleep. And now let's just clear the air with this. There's a lot of times where you can't control how much sleep you're getting. I have a six month old baby. Do you think that my sleep is great right now? It's not. Okay. I have friends and I have clients who are shift workers. Do you think that their sleep is great? No, it's not. But I'm talking about if you are consistently going to bed late, you're staying up all night on TikTok, you are drinking caffeine late in the day, and then you're having trouble falling asleep at night. All of those things are things that you can work on and change. The reason why sleep is so important is because sleep affects so many things, everything that we do, it affects your stress levels. It affects your decision-making. It affects your energy, your mood, all of these things. So if you have good sleep, you're more likely to make better decisions for yourself. You're more likely to think rationally. So because you have more energy, you're more likely to want to work out. You're more likely to want to meal, make yourself a good meal. You're going to make better decisions about what you want to eat. And you're not just going to feel lazy and want to order in. So Get your sleep in order. Not only that, the effect that good sleep has on your stress levels and your overall health is significant. Not only that, sleep also helps your your recovery when you're working out. So if you are working out really hard and you're trying to gain muscle mass or you're trying to gain strength and you're working out really, really hard in the gym and stressing your central nervous system and you're not sleeping well at night, you're not going to recover as well as if you focused on your sleep. So get your sleep in order. Seven to nine hours a night, make some good positive habits to change your sleep habits so that you are making it a priority because it matters so much more than you think. Number five, supplements are overrated. Focus on your nutrition first. So I've talked about this before, but it needs to be reiterated because I get asked the question so often, what supplements do I need to take? What supplements do I need to take? People are always surprised when I say you don't need to take any supplements. You need to focus on getting your nutrition in order first before you add anything. Supplements are there to supplement to your diet, but it doesn't mean that you don't focus on your nutrition first. You need to start focusing on increasing your veggie intake, your fruit intake to get fiber and nutrients and vitamins. You need to increase your protein intake to at least 0.8 grams per lean pound per pound of lean body weight so that you are helping to maintain and build muscle mass as well as promote recovery after your workouts, as well as getting your, your sleep and your other things in order before you reach for supplements. Then, and only then, if you are still having gaps in your nutrition, such as you are still needing a little bit of extra protein in your day, then you can add in a protein shake. But before you do any of that, you need to focus on making sustainable, healthy changes in your nutrition first. Number six, cardio is great for your heart and lungs, but it doesn't change your body shape. So cardio is wonderful for helping your endurance, your aerobic capacity, getting yourself up and moving, as well as it will help you um, have more energy. And yeah, it does help burn a little bit of calories, which can help getting into a calorie deficit easier for weight loss. But what cardio doesn't do is it doesn't change your body shape. That comes through 
weight training, which I'll talk about in my next point. So cardiovascular exercise, everybody runs, <laughs> pun intended, everybody goes to running or needing to do cardio or something like that. Whenever they think that they want to lose weight and get in shape and tone up, they want to run. They're like, I just, I, I need to start running. It's like, you don't need to start running if you want to change your body shape and your body composition. If you want to change your body shape and your body composition, you need to le- lean towards weight training and not cardio. Now, cardio does have a place. Like I mentioned before, it's great for your heart health, your lung health, great for your overall health. It is great to get yourself moving. Cardio is important. I'm not negating the importance of cardio. What I'm saying is it doesn't change your body shape. It doesn't tone your body. And just a side note, you also don't have to run for good cardiovascular exercise. You really don't. If you want to run, you can run. Like I have clients who run. I have uh, friends who are runners. My husband is a runner. Love it. I think it's great. But you don't have to run to get cardio activity. You can do swimming. You can do cycling. You could do walking even. Like a good walking pace where you're walking heart fast enough that your heart rate is up a little bit. But you can still carry on a conversation. That's called zone two cardio. Anything that you can do to get yourself into that zone is perfect. Um Yeah, you could do swimming, biking, cycling, hiking, whatever you enjoy that gets you up and moving. It doesn't have to be running. So if you don't like running, don't run. Number seven, leading into the point after my last one, strength training is what changes your body shape. If you want to change your body composition, if you want to change your shape, you want to build a booty, whatever it might be, have toned arms, toned legs, you need to strength train. Not only that. Okay. Strength training, yes, helps aesthetics and helps you change your body shape and things like that. But it also has so many other benefits that you just really need to strength train regardless of what your goals are. So strength training can help bone density, which is really important, especially for women. As we get older, we're more prone to osteoporosis than men. So it's very important that we strength train and help build muscle mass and also build up our bone density. Also helps mobility, helps maintain muscle, uh, which is really important as we get older. Maintaining your muscle mass over the years helps you age better. It is. It's kind of that little fountain of youth that people talk about. The fountain of youth is strength training. If you want to feel younger, move better, and have a better quality of life when you're older, strength train. Build your muscles to maintain them so that when you're older, you can still walk, you can still move, and you can still do everyday life. Not only that, current day strength training helps you build up your mobility, gets you stronger, makes everyday life easier. I was just having a conversation with a client yesterday, and it was honestly one of the best conversations that we had And she was saying to me all these benefits that she's been having since we've, since she started strength training and she's been working out for about six months now, um, a few months with me and a few months on her own. And she is loving all of these everyday benefits that she's noticing. The biggest one that she said, she lives in a, on the third floor of an apartment building. And she said, what's been the most changing for her, the biggest thing that she's noticed is that she can carry her groceries up the stairs, not take the elevator. And she can carry them up three flights of stairs. No problem because she's so much stronger now than she used to be. And she said those little things she's noticed is just making everyday life 
easier and she's loving it. And I just love hearing stuff like that because it's so unbelievably true. Even from my own personal anecdote, I've been strength training over the past few months and working on my own strength just to get back into shape after having a baby. And one of the things that I've noticed is that every month I know that I'm getting stronger and improving in general, but every month I have to go to the feed store to get food for my chickens and their food comes in a 55 pound bag. And I notice that every month it is easier for me to go into the store, pick up the bag, throw it over my shoulder stand in line because there's always a lineup at the feed store, stand in line with this 55 pound bag on my shoulder and pay for it and and walk it to my vehicle. Now it's not perfect. Like I, you know, I'm not like easily holding it there, but I notice that every month it's a little bit easier. And I love that. Like just everyday life things. Number eight, stop taking foods out of your diet. You don't need to restrict more foods in your diet. When we're constantly thinking about restricting foods and we're trying to remove foods from our diet, it creates this scarcity mindset, this restrictive mentality, and it can lead to further issues with food and actually lead to binging where you're restricting, you're restricting, restricting, restricting this food or food group or whatever it might be, then it just makes you think about it and you want it, you want it, you want it, you want it, you want it. Then you have it. And then you think, Oh, I screwed up. I fucked up, whatever it might be. And oftentimes a lot of people will then binge on that food or they'll go off the wall or they'll just think, Oh, I can't stick to this. And they just completely stop. So instead of focusing so much on restriction and taking foods away, just think about foods that you can add to your diet. When you're looking at a meal, what can you add to it to make it more nutritious? It doesn't even have to be anything significant. If you're having chips as a snack, what can you add to the chips to make it a little bit more nutrition? Maybe you can have an apple with it. Maybe you can have a little bit of yogurt on the side to increase the protein intake and make you feel more full. If you're having pizza for supper, maybe you can have a salad with it so that you can increase the amount of nutrients that you're getting, as well as fiber and vitamins and things like that, but you can still have your pizza. So instead of focusing on restrict, 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 add foods in, make it more of a full meal, as well as adding a little bit of variety into your foods in a day. So stop restricting. Number nine, this is probably one of the most important tips that I can give to you as a trainer because a lot of people fall into this trap and they can't seem to get out of it. And that is the more unsustainable the methods are, the more unsustainable the results will be. So a lot of people want to get to their goal the fastest. They want to get to their 20 pound weight loss quicker. They want to fit into that dress the fastest. But what they don't understand is that if you lose the weight really quickly, you're not going to be able to maintain it because you haven't actually learned anything in that time. All you've done is chances are you've gone on a crash diet, cut your calories really, really low for a short amount of time, felt like you restricted yourself way too much. And then you're going to go back in reverse very quickly. And I see it happen all the time. And I hear about it happen all the time where somebody wants to lose weight really quickly. So they do a juice cleanse or they do a really, really, really restrictive diet. And then afterwards they're like, freedom. 
And then they go right back to what they were doing before because they've learned absolutely nothing and they haven't changed any of their habits. So if the methods to achieve your goals are unsustainable, then the results will be unsustainable. Just keep that in mind. If you think about doing a two week, three week cleanse or really quick diet, or you just think if I just cut my calories more and more and more and do more cardio and do all of these things, you have to talk to yourself and think, am I going to be able to sustain this? Really, truly, are you going to be able to to sustain this? Because chances are you're not going to be able to. And then therefore your results aren't going to stick around and you're just going to be perpetuating this cycle over and over again. So instead, just focus on getting there as sustainably as possible without worrying about the timeline. Number 10, hit is overrated for most people. Now I'll go into a definition of what hit is. Hit is known as high intensity interval training or it's become a really big craze over the past eh, five to 10 years. And everybody in their dog at one point was doing HIIT workouts. And every personal trainer was putting their HIIT workouts on Instagram. There's a couple things that I want to talk about here. Number one, high intensity interval training is overrated for most people. People really like the idea of HIIT because it's generally you're doing a really intense workout that only lasts a short amount of time. So you can do a 20-minute HIIT workout, 15-minute HIIT workout, get really sweaty. It's intense. It's hard. And then you're done. It's quick. But for a lot of people, that level of intensity for cardiovascular, because generally it's more of a cardiovascular activity, is overrated. High intensity interval training, high intensity cardio, that kind of thing is overrated for most people. Now, there are some people that this would be suitable for people who are in certain sports where you need to have bursts of really intense uh, movements, for example, like a kickboxer or a martial arts athlete where there's short bursts of really intense movement. So being able to turn that on, turn that off, but you're not going super intense for a long period of time. Like for example, a marathon runner, somebody who's running a marathon, that's not high intensity. Okay. That's a very low intensity sustained training. And this is where I'm saying that's overrated for the average person. The average person just wants to feel good, wants to have longevity in their life, wants to be able to do most activities that they can do with their family and feel good and maintain a little bit of quality of life as they age. For those people, doing a low-intensity, steady-state cardiovascular activity is more than enough to achieve that goal. Not only that, proper high-intensity interval training is very hard on your central nervous system. It's really hard on your body and your central nervous system. If you're doing true high-intensity interval training, you only should be doing it one to two times a week at most. If you hear of people doing high-intensity interval training five to six days a week, I can guarantee you they are not doing high-intensity interval training. They're doing a workout. They're doing a circuit workout. They might be working hard, sweating, feeling good after the workout, but high-intensity interval training truly is very, very difficult and hard on your body which means that you should probably only be doing it a couple times a week at most. 
So for most people, it's overrated. You don't need to do it. You don't need to be running sprints and stuff like that if you just want to live a better life and have energy to take after your kids. Doing some long, long, steady state cardio is totally fine. Like going for a walk, doing a jog, going swimming, all that kind of stuff is perfectly great to help increase your endurance and your aerobic capacity. So I originally was going to make this a two-part episode, but I think I'm just going to keep going because I feel like I'm on a roll. So let's go into it. Number 11, focus today on the decisions that you will feel proud of when you go to bed tonight and three days from now. When you're starting a fitness journey, oftentimes you're going to start out feeling super motivated, very highly motivated. You're excited. You're crushing your workouts. You're doing the nutrition thing. You feel good about yourself. But over time, usually after about a month or two, your motivation starts to wane. And that's normal, 100% normal. There's nothing wrong with you if you feel that way. And it can get harder and harder the less motivated that you're feeling to force yourself to do things that you don't want to do. It gets harder and harder as time goes on to get yourself up for that workout. It gets harder and harder to want to make the good decisions when it comes to your nutrition. And as time goes on, that's totally normal. And one of the things that I like to focus on when I'm feeling that way, because yes, even trainers feel that way too, when I'm not feeling motivated, when I'm having a hard time forcing myself to do the things I want to do, is I always just remind myself to just make a decision that when I go to bed tonight, what will make me feel proud of myself? And this could apply to any decision. It doesn't have to necessarily be doing the ultimate thing. Sometimes the decision to make yourself proud is knowing when you need a rest day and giving yourself that grace to rest. Sometimes the decision that will make you feel proud tonight is having salad for supper instead of pizza. Sometimes it'll be having pizza instead of salad and knowing that you can have balance and you don't need to freak out because you had pizza. So a lot of times the decision that will make you feel proud tonight is doing a workout when you really, really, really just don't want to. <laughs> Oftentimes making that decision and forcing yourself to do that thing will make you feel proud. So really just focus on what do I need right now and what decision will make me feel proud of myself later on. And whatever that is, make that decision. And I guarantee you that you will get far in your journey with that. Number 12, I cannot stress this one enough. This is probably one of the more important ones in this um, set list. You don't lose progress from one meal or one weekend off. You don't, whether it's weight loss progress, whether it is strength gains progress, whether it's muscle gains progress, you will not lose progress from a meal or a weekend or even a week off. Think about it this way. If your goal is weight loss, did you gain the weight that you want to lose from one meal or one weekend? No, probably not. The weight came on slowly over time. But a lot of times we get into this mentality that you have to be perfect. And I've talked about this in some of the earlier points. You get into this mentality that you have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. And if you even have one meal or one weekend off, well, you've just gone and fucked it up. And I get questions about this from my clients all the time. I had a client message me the other day. And I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but if she does, she'll probably laugh. Um, I'm quite sarcastic. That's kind of just how I am. But she messaged me saying, I had a stressful day today and I ate five Timbits. 
And for those of you who aren't in Canada, uh, Timbits is, they're like donut holes. Well, they are donut. They're donut holes, essentially. Like donut holes that are different flavors and stuff, like a donut. Anyway, so she's like, I had five Timbits today. It was a stressful day at work. And I sarcastically, sarcastically messaged her back. Well, you've done fucked it. And she laughed because she knew I was being sarcastic with her because she has a tendency to have this perfectionist mindset. And she goes to me, I knew it. I knew it. I knew I fucked it up. And I was like, but seriously, how can you possibly screw up from five Timbits? I said to her, do you think that the reason why you came to me for help with your weight loss goals is because you ate five Timbits one day? She's like, no, I know that I gained this weight over a long period of time. And I'm like, exactly. So no, one meal, five Timbits, a weekend off is not going to ruin your progress. What matters is, is what you do most of the time. And if you're having a meal, a weekend off, or even a week off or whatever, once in a while, then it's a blip on the radar, total blip on the radar. Nobody's even going to notice it. So don't freak the fuck out and have your five Timbits. Number 13, the scale will fluctuate. And that's completely normal. So when it comes to the scale, a lot of people compare the day to day. They'll be upset because Monday, the scale was down. Tuesday, the scale was up. Wednesday, it's back to the kind of middle in between. Thursday, it's back up again. Friday, it's down. And they freak out about all of these daily fluctuations. But what they forget is that these daily fluctuations are so normal. And I have to tell people, you can weigh yourself. Yes, weigh yourself daily is good to help collect data and to see where the trends of your weight loss is going. But you can't compare the day-to-day weigh-ins. Instead, focus on the month-to-month. So don't compare, you know, the first of the month to the second of the month to the third of the month. Instead, compare the first of this month to the first of last month and then to the first of next month. Then the second to the second of last month and to the second of next month. Don't compare the day-to-day, but watch the month-to-month trends and see where you're going. Weighing in daily can be helpful for a lot of people, but you have to remember to just watch the trends over time and don't freak out about the day-to-day or even week-to-week progress. What you want to see is zoom out and look at your six-week progress, your eight-week progress, your three-month progress, etc. from there. Not so much Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. Number 14, having support matters so much. Having yourself a support group will help unbelievably for your goals. And that could be having a coach, a workout group that you go to. Like there's a reason why group classes exist. Having an accountability buddy buddy or a workout partner, they're all worth their weight in in gold. Not only that, having support from your loved ones, your family, your spouse, your friends, help them understand and tell them what your goals are and what you're wanting to work towards. And they can help you. So take advantage of having support. I've heard people say, well, I don't want to tell my friends that I'm on a journey or I don't want to talk about it. Like you would be surprised at how much people will want to support you. I know some people, they don't want to talk about it on social media, but I found for me, it's one of the most motivating things is when you put it out there on social media that, you know, then you kind of have to live up to it. For some people, they don't like that pressure. For people like me, I like that. I do. I do. Cause it helps me hold myself accountable. Not everybody likes that to each their own, but if you find that's inherently motivating for you, then do it. 
get support from friends, family, and a coach, if you really need, um, can be worth their weight in gold. There's nothing wrong with getting a little bit of help. Number 15, the number on the scale says nothing about who you are as a person. It doesn't. A lot of people get hung up on their weight and the number that's on the scale. And they think that that somehow puts value onto who they are as a person. And it doesn't. The number on the scale tells you your gravitational pull to the earth in a certain unit, which is usually pounds or kilograms. Now, it doesn't say anything about who you are. And a lot of people hold their identity to a certain number. They will hold that number to, I don't know, as if it's like tied to their identity. It's so strange where like they believe that they have to be a certain weight. Otherwise, they're just they just suck as a person. Doesn't make any sense to me. So stop holding that number on the scale to who you are as a person, or that's tied to your identity, or you have to be a certain weight, because that means that if you're this weight that you are now, you're one person. And if you change the number on the scale, you're a different person. That's not how it works. The number on the scale, it just, it says nothing about who you are as a person, what you're worth, what your value is. Everybody, regardless of what their number on the scale or what their size of pants says is worthy of a person. And Yes, I talk about doing weigh-ins and yes, as a personal trainer, the scale is one of the tools that a lot of my clients use, not all my clients, but a lot of my clients will use the scale as a tool, but it's not the only tool. And when I'm using the scale with my clients or even with myself, I teach them and tell them all the time that this number holds no value as to who you are as a person. It's just simply a tool that we can use to help measure your progress. And for some people, it works really well as a tool. And for some people it doesn't. And that's okay. If you're one of those people that the scale triggers you and upsets you, you don't have to use it, but just remind yourself that it, there's nothing wrong with the number that's on the scale. It doesn't tell you anything about who you are, what your values are, anything like that. It's just a number. Number 16. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. There's no shortcuts. Okay. There's no shortcuts. There's no magic here. There's no, you know, snap your fingers and everything will be the way that you want it to be just like anything in life, right? There's no shortcut to getting a university degree or a PhD. There's no shortcuts to gaining muscle mass. There's no shortcuts to losing weight properly and sustainably. And if there are shortcuts, I can guarantee you they are not the ones that you want to take. So stop focusing on trying to find the shortest way to get to your goals and just focus on the journey to get there sustainably. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Number 17, I talked about this a little bit before, but it's very important, especially when you want longevity in your journey. You are not going to be motivated all the time. Stop relying on motivation to get to your goals. Now, motivation is a great feeling. It's great for when you first start. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel motivated and there's nothing wrong with the feeling of motivation, just like there's nothing wrong with the feeling of being angry or happy or sad. But what you need to focus on is that motivation is a feeling. You feel motivated, you feel happy, you feel sad, but you don't feel all of those things all the time. So you need to stop relying on motivation. I always get the question, how do I get motivated? How do I get motivated? How do I get motivated? The number one thing that you can do to get yourself motivated is to take action. 
when and especially when you don't want to do it. So forcing yourself to do the things that you don't want to do and doing that over and over again, continually taking action will get you results. From those results, that'll make you feel motivated. So showing up to do your workouts, doing the nutrition things, all those things that you don't really want to do and doing them over and over and over again, you'll start seeing results. You'll start to see uh, your weight loss is starting to come. You're starting to see your muscles are starting to pop out of your shoulders and it's going to make you feel motivated and excited to take more action. For example, I'm going through this right now with my own fitness journey. I've been putting in the work, doing the workouts. And there was months, I'm sure that I talked about it on here. And I know I talked about it on social media where I did not want to do my workouts, didn't want to do my workouts, hating my workouts and struggling with them and all those things. But knowing that if I just kept showing up, I'll start seeing results. And I wasn't really seeing much results there for a while. Like I was seeing a little bit, but not really what I wanted. And then all of a sudden, I started noticing, oh, my shoulder muscles are starting to pop out. Oh, I have, my weights are increasing. And you start noticing all of these results and these things, and it makes you feel confident. And then you get excited and motivated to want to do more. And I know that this feeling of excitement and motivation towards my workouts that I currently have, it won't last for forever. It won't. And that's okay that it won't last for forever. But right now I'm going to ride this high until it burns out. And then when my motivation goes back down again, because it always does, I will flex that discipline muscle and keep putting in the work over and over again to get myself feeling motivated again. So for those who want to know what is, how do I get motivated? How do I get motivated? I want to get motivated. You need to take action. Stop asking for motivation. You're never going to find it by asking you need to start taking action and that will start getting you motivated. Number 18, you need to be accountable to yourself. You need to be accountable to yourself because nobody's going to do this for you. One of the big things that as a coach people ask of me is they need an accountability partner. They need somebody to help hold them accountable. And part of that is part of my job, yes, as a trainer is help hold people accountable. But if you can't hold yourself accountable and show up for yourself as well as showing up for me, then you're not going to achieve your goals. And a lot of people don't really realize that. It's kind of like when you start therapy, right? When you start therapy, your therapist is going to give you all sorts of tips and tricks on how to handle the things that you need to handle and help your mental health and stuff. But if you're not actually putting those things in practice, it's not going to help you. So you need to help by holding yourself accountable and flexing that discipline muscle that I talked about in the last point to help get yourself to your goals. Because again, I, I love being a coach and I love being a trainer and I love helping people and giving them tips and checking in on them and all that kind of stuff. And I can do all of these things, but if you're not actually going to do the work, you're not going to get results. So yes, I can help you as your coach and as your trainer, and I can check in with you and give you tips and tools and all this kind of stuff. But if you don't actually put any of it into practice, nothing's going to happen. I can't do your workouts for you. I can't force you. I can't be in your kitchen while you're making supper, that kind of thing. So you have to be accountable to yourself. That's pretty much it. Number 19, calories are the key for weight loss, but nutrient density is the key to health 
and balance is the key for everything. So when it comes to weight loss, yes, calories matter. You need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, taking in less calories than you're burning. That's a calorie deficit. That's how you lose weight and lose body fat. Now, nutrient density, making sure that you're having good quality nutrients and focusing on health when it comes to your nutrition is the key for health. Okay. Yes, you can eat less calories than you burn and you can lose weight on McDonald's and Twinkies. Sure. But you're not going to be very healthy. That's not good for your health. We all know that. But at the same time, if all you eat is healthy food and you don't allow balance for anything, then you're not going to have a very good relationship with food and you're not going to achieve your, you're not going to sustain your goals when you achieve them. So yes, learning that when you want to lose weight, calories are king, but you also need to focus on having good quality, nutrient dense foods for your health, but then learning how to balance everything that you can have cake at a party and not worry about it ruining everything that you can have a good relationship with food. That is the key for everything is balance. All right. We're down to the last point. We are down to the last point. Number 20, ask yourself this simple question when you're starting your journey. Do you want quick results or do you want permanent change? I heard this question somewhere. I can't remember where, and I wish I could credit whoever I got the question from. And I'm sorry that I don't have the person uh, or the quote, but um, just ask yourself that question. Do you want quick results or do you want permanent change? Quick results? Sure, you can get there. But like we talked about before, if the methods are unsustainable, those quick results will be unsustainable. Or do you want permanent change? Meaning it's going to take you longer to get there than if you took the quick shortcut. But when you do get there, it's permanent. You're not going back. You're not going to have to start over again. You're not going to have to revert back to where you were before. Permanent change. They are different. You cannot have permanent change with with quick results. And you won't have quick results with permanent change. That is the most important thing to remember in this journey. If you actually truly want to change your, to have permanent change, you do need to change your lifestyle. There's a lot of things about your lifestyle that you're going to have to change. It doesn't mean that you have to change every single thing about who you are as a person, but there are permanent changes to add to your lifestyle. You're permanently going to have to work out for the rest of your life. Doesn't mean that you have to do workouts in the same intensity that you are now or doing the exact same workouts now when you're 30 is when you are at 70. But if you want to permanently live a good quality of life and be active and have endurance and mobility and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have to permanently work out for the rest of your life. If you want to have a good relationship with food for the rest of your life, you're going to have to permanently change the way that you think about food to incorporate balance so that you don't have this on off switch when it comes to nutrition. When, if you are wanting to lose weight, you're permanently going to have to make some changes to your lifestyle to not only lose that weight, to maintain the weight loss. Now you don't have to be eating in a calorie deficit for the rest of your life. No, but you're going to have to learn how to eat for yourself so that you can keep your results rather than just reverting to how you were eating before and gaining the weight back. So if you do want to have permanent change, you need to make permanent changes. Now, 
That being said, these changes don't have to happen overnight. It's a journey. It's gradual change over time. So you don't have to make a decision today and it's going to stick for the rest of your life. No, you can make small, sustainable changes over time. And those changes you're much more likely to actually stick to in the long term. So just ask yourself when you're starting your journey, do you want to have quick results or do you want to have permanent change? And that will lead you to where you need to go on your journey. So that's it. 20 tips for you. The best tips that I can give to you as a trainer for your goals. Um, I really hope that you found this episode helpful and that you found these tips um, applicable to your goals. If you have any questions about them or, hey, if you just want to get back some feedback, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, If you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to find me. I will post the link in the show notes and you can find me there. As well as if you enjoyed this episode, I would love and appreciate a five-star written review on this podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Uh, They just help to increase visibility of the podcast so that more people can see the podcast and listen to it so I can help as many people as I possibly can. If you have questions about my personal training, online training options, and if you're looking for help with your goals this upcoming year, feel free to reach out to me on my website. It's www.fitlikeagirl.ca. I will also post that in the show notes. Um, And that is pretty much it. I also just want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And I look forward to doing many more of these in 2023. And for the rest of today, have a 